This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. And now, Christ in Pop Culture presents Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson. I'm Erin Straza, and with me is Hannah Anderson. We're your hosts for Persuasion, the place where fine ladies, rational minds, and the best kind of company gather to discuss all sorts of ideas and issues. Today's episode of Persuasion is sponsored in part by LifeWay's Christian Standard Bible, a translation that presents the truth of God's Word with accuracy and clarity. The CSB equips today's readers for lifelong discipleship with hundreds of designs to choose from at csbible.com. You can find the CSB details in the show notes. I'll make sure that I get those posted for all of you, because now it is time for the second installment of our Persuasion miniseries, Happy Thankful People. Now, in our kickoff episode, we spoke with Barnabas Piper about happiness, which is something that can be really tough to find during the holidays, right when we're expected to kind of feel it the most. But today we're moving into a second holiday hurdle of sorts. It's the thankful part. And this is just in time for Thanksgiving. Now, Hannah, I have a question for you. I would love to know if you have any tradition for acknowledging what you're thankful for at Thanksgiving. Do you do that with your family? Nope, pretty much we don't. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I'm in good company because we don't do that typically either. Like this, <laughs> Now, this I've is... tried at times, but it's never really stuck. So, so this <laughs> is the sum total of how I tried to um, affirm thankfulness within our family. When my kids were young, it would be the kind of thing where they were getting really, really grumpy. And I just was done. Mm-hmm. And, and I had zero <laughs> good motives for this at all. I was just annoyed and I didn't want to hear it anymore. And so I would take their hand and hold it in front of them and make them kind of hold out their fingers. And Uh I would say, you need to give me something you're thankful for for every one of these fingers. You know, so five things (laughs) on your hand right now. You know, it was a little bit of a drill sergeant move. So I'm not sure that it was actually effective. (laughs) And I I have to say, um, regrettably, that's a similar approach to Thanksgiving, because by the time we sit down at the table and I love Thanksgiving, (laughs) I love I do too. all the preparation. I love the abundance. I love gathering people in. I love that feeling of just joy and rest. But honestly, by the time you sit down at the table, you're just kind of exhausted. So unless you have a plan, <laughs> it's like whip out your five right. fingers. All right, everybody, tell me five things you're thankful for. So I, I on demand. Yeah, I, Be thankful right now. This is not <laughs> something that comes naturally to me. I have to say, it's not something that I purpose to do, like with the five fingers, or if, like, at some point I was writing down on slips of paper things I was thankful for and putting them on our board in the kitchen, and and that was fun. I mean, I've I've appreciated doing that at times, but it's not something that I practice regularly. And we host typically for Thanksgiving. I mean, it's different this year, but usually we have anywhere from fifteen to twenty five people, and we've done that at times where hey, everybody, 
put something you're thankful for up on the board. But it does feel at times a little bit forced, like like you said, like a drill sergeant, do it, Mm -hmm. be part of the thankfulness. (laughs) And so, yeah, it doesn't always come out quite so smoothly as we would like. And so I think that's why um, this needed to be part of the series as we're talking through the season and how we have expectations for it, because thankfulness is not an easy, natural thing. And we're we're in this time frame where we're expected to have it. So what are we going to do about that? Yes. And I really appreciate you bringing that to the front way, because I think some of the um, dilemma is we do kind of believe it would come naturally that if mm-hmm. we were just the people we were supposed to be, we would all have this beautiful, um, grateful heart all the time. But it actually is something that you have to work toward. And it's a, a kind of mm. spiritual discipline. And that's why I'm really glad um, to have Dustin Crow on with us today. Um, Dustin has just released a book called The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks, Reclaiming. Which is the awesome yes. title. Oh, my word. <laughs> if, if that doesn't just it. tell you <laughs> what, not just what the book's about, but what our world is about. Um, so, Dustin, we are so glad to have you on with us today. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Now, Dustin, besides writing a book, um, you are a pastor and father, and you um, are you based in Indiana, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I'm just outside Indianapolis in the northern suburbs. So tell us, Dustin, what captured your attention for this topic? Um, what was going on? What were you seeing that you thought one day, you know what? I'm going to write a book about Thanksgiving. A couple of different things. Um, the first is you, if you write, you usually write as either an expert or out of deep need. And I was not an expert. I was in deep need of just learning about it and practicing it. Um, I'm not like a turn lemons into lemonade kind of person. I mentioned the book. I'm more like Eeyore than Tigger. I'm a little bit melancholy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I tend to see the things that aren't going well. So I see what's broken. That's kind of how my brain works. Here's a problem. Mm-hmm. Let's think about a solution or this is what's not going well. Let's try to make it better. And that's been my approach often to the world. So I see the things that can probably lead to grumbling in my heart. And I noticed that. And so what I started doing a couple of years ago was practicing Thanksgiving more. And I did leverage, you know, November, the season of Thanksgiving, um, even the day, and tried to move from that. So it was really came out of my, my own need. And I saw when I did that, that it was good for my heart. That as I started to practice, like, like Hannah said, when I did the intentional work of fighting mm-hmm. against the grumbling and I gave thanks, it changed my outlook on life, but especially on God and His goodness and His care and even His blessings in the world around me. I love that you say, you know, you're not a make lemonade out of lemons kind of guy. And that's that's one, you know, kind of typical way we, we see a person who seems to be grateful or to be um, able to go through life with this heart of thankfulness. Um, but I know I also struggle with the sense that, hey, just be thankful you have lemons. You know, <laughs> like, you know, at least, you, at have least you have lemons. There are people in this world who don't even have lemons. But as we've discussed, Dustin, and um As you know, I've written, because just two listeners, caveat, I did write the forward to this book. Dustin was kind enough to reach out and ask me to uh, 
write the foreword. But what one of the things I wrote in the foreword is my personal challenge isn't whether you make lemonade with your lemons, but hey, you should just be grateful that you have lemons in the first place, which <laughs> apparently isn't gratitude. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the approach of we often say in church, well, just think about people in third world countries. It could be worse. Yes. And that doesn't really motivate yeah. anyone's heart to, to give or to be thankful. I always find that makes me feel worse, almost like, well, now I have to have feel guilty on top of feeling bad about whatever's going on in my life. Now I feel guilty for feeling bad when there was a bad thing that have ha- that has happened that I should feel bad about, I think, because it is it isn't good. And I, I think there's a disconnect there between what's going on in the heart and then how it's expressed outwardly. Um, I, I think we want to have the gratitude in the heart, but I think very often we want everyone to have the external manifestation of what we think thankfulness looks like in terms of your countenance or your face. It's like you should be you should be smiling all the time, uh, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, you should be happy-go-lucky, chippery all yes. the time. And I yep. don't think that's what you know Thanksgiving is, either in the Bible or in our everyday life. Um, and so th- there's a balance. Again, part of the book was living in this world where there are lots of negatives. You tend to have, feels like two kinds of people in your world. The very happy-go-lucky, like feels like the world has no problems or super negative people where all they see is the problems. Um, and we gravitate towards one of those poles. And when you're on social media, um, if you watch the news, if you read the paper, whatever it is, there's a lot more of that. There is a lot of negativity in our world and friction and those things can, they can pull you down where you start to only see the things in your life um, that are the limits. And so part of the hope in the book is not to downplay those, not to minimize it, not to just say, well, don't think about the problems, act like life is perfect, but to at the same time say, what are the good things in life that God is doing? What are the blessings? How has he provided? And even if you're in a trial, um, how is he still good and true? So you can give things even in the midst of hard days. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. We're talking with Dustin Crow about his book, The Grumbler's Guide to Thanksgiving, and really honing in on the fact that this is heart work, um, that Thanksgiving is not something that's just manifested externally or manifested once a year, but we're talking about um, the kinds of practices and disciplines that really get um, to rooting out the things in our heart so that we can be um, 
I wouldn't say naturally grateful because I'm not sure that that's our natural disposition, but that it's more or organic or holistic and it's not just put on. Um, and that's one of the things I love about your book, um, Dustin. You're really taking a holistic approach um, to moving us perhaps from a place of grumbling and discontentment to holistic thankfulness. Um, and one of the practices you talk about in the book that I really captured my attention was this idea of look around and look up. Um, you have a chapter titled that. Could you tell listeners a little bit about what you mean by that practice or that kind of work? Yeah. And part of the goal is to, to like you said, help people think more about the things in their life that maybe we're missing. I think so often, um, partly because of busyness, partly because of distractions um, and the negativity, we miss a lot of the good stuff in life. So it's not that it's not occurring, um, but the, the challenge are often more in our face, and so we miss it. And so the goal is to change our perspective and start looking around, um, and that's as simple as finding categories. So what is there in creation? As I look around in creation, what is there that I can give thanks for? On my drive into work today, I saw these beautiful swans in a pond, kind of the sun was shining, and it was a pretty morning, um, and that's something you can give thanks for, God's creation. What are ways that God has blessed me in relationships? So who are family members, friends, people in my church that are life-giving? Who are the people around me that God has given me that I can give thanks for? So often in Paul's letters, that's what he gives thanks for are these churches, the people. And when he remembers them, he gives thanks to God. Um, Another thing could be God's common grace. So what are little blessings that you love that you can give thanks for? In the book, I mentioned maple syrup. You know, it's one of my favorite things. It, it astounds me that God actually put something inside of a tree that we can then tap and I can have pancakes with, and it's awesome. And so it's a little thing, but when we consider, well, God has put stuff like that all around the world. He could have just made it a sterile wor- world where everything tastes the same. He just gave us vitamins to live and survive, but he didn't. He gives us pleasures. He gives us joys. And so as we're more aware, and that's kind of the goal, is just being more aware with open eyes to God's world, then we can look up to give him thanks. I love what you're saying there about this practice of putting your focus, putting your eye on things that you can look for, that you are grateful for, thankful for. And I'm hearing this this move, you, you make this distinction in the book about moving between being thankful for to being thankful to God, because he is the one who has given us these good things. How do you see that shift of just acknowledging, hey, I'm thankful for the swans, the maple syrup, to being thankful to God for providing the swans and the maple syrup? How does that framework change the depth of gratitude. It, how have you experienced that? Yeah, and that's for me. There are lots of books on Thanksgiving, and by no means saying mine's the best, but maybe that's the difference. That felt to me like the secret sauce of Thanksgiving that so many sermons and books and um, articles weren't talking about. I think we do a decent job on Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving November, the season of coming up with that list. You know, we can write down our blessings. I'm thankful for pumpkin pie and family and church, and health, and we struggle to get beyond those four or five. Um, But then we kind of stop there. We have a list of things that we appreciate, 
which really an unbeliever or believer can do. It's good stuff in life. But if we stop there and we don't let that connect us to God, then we don't actually find joy in Him to see that He is the good and gracious, generous giver of those things. And so it's, it's a simple step, but one I think we take for granted where we pause and we recognize, okay, God provided something I needed even this week, whether that was um, a little extra money to pay the bills or an encouraging text from a friend. And it's not just the thing, the gift that I'm thankful for, but I'm thankful that God supplied that when I needed it most um, because he's good. And so you actually can enjoy both. I'm not saying don't enjoy good stuff in life because you should enjoy it. But I'm also saying move past the good stuff, the gifts, to the giver to actually see the kind of God he is. Um, and that's true with material things or even spiritual blessings, like our adoption in Christ. Like We give thanks for that, and we should. But that also tells us we have the heart of a father who loves us, who wants to be known, who wants us to have a sense of belonging in his family. And so it's thinking more about the gifts and God's blessings that helps us know him, which is where the joy comes. You know, joy doesn't come just in stuff. It comes in knowing the someone behind that stuff. That's really profound. When I think about the point of being thankful, um, it it feels like it's rounding out my understanding to see that God calls us to be thankful because he's leading us back to himself and leading us to deeper joy. And that's much better than like how Hannah and I were joking about demanding you be thankful, like hurry up and do it right now, <laughs> because you're supposed to like it's it's for our good and for our internal well being that our hearts would then be led back to God and have joy in him. So that's really yeah. great. And I think part of the, my background, and I think a lot of us grow up like this, that's different from our understanding of giving thanks, because we usually think in terms of politeness, like I, I have a three year old daughter, Christmas is coming up, we're actually making our list right now. And what we tell her when she gets a gift, at least we did this last year, okay, you got your gift, now tell someone you're thankful. And my, my mom did that to me. Even if I didn't like the gift at all, it's a terrible sweatshirt or socks for my grandma. Okay, go tell her, thank you. Like, do your part, be nice, be polite. And that tended to be our approach to God. Okay, God's God, we're his people, so tell him thanks, let's do our part. As opposed to how do we actually like love him and enjoy him through the things we're thanking him for. That's such a good observation about the effect of being raised to be polite um, on our conversations about gratitude and thankfulness, that there there's almost an element of, um, I don't know, performance. And, and, you know, that's what we touched on before about this kind of culture of wanting to see the thankfulness or wanting to express it without having done um, the work in our hearts. And, and that's not to say that we shouldn't express gratitude if we're not quite there yet. Um, you know, I don't want to just be like, <laughs> you don't have to say thank you because you don't actually feel it. Now, my 14-year-old will tell me this. He'll be like, I can't say thank you because I'm not thankful for what they did. <laughs> just being honest right there. But I, but I appreciate the awareness that so much of the way we've learned gratitude has been somewhat in this category of manners, which is very different than the way the scripture talks about thankfulness and gratitude. Yeah, and it is a challenge as a parent. Like I mentioned, I have a three-year-old. We have a son on the way. 
but with my three-year-old and right now she's doing the opposite. She's doing this grumbling. Uh, I don't, I don't know where she got this from. I'm sure it was me. Uh, but, but when we ask her to do something, she just grunts. She's like, and that's like, that's her, yeah, that's her new response. And yeah, the 14 year old does that too. So, <laughs> so I have several more years of this. Great. That's encouraging. Um, yeah. So I don't want, that's obviously not the right attitude of like, Oh, I don't like either what my dad wants or what he tells me. Um, and so we're trying to cultivate the thankfulness. Like last night we, we were watching cars, the movie, and we had to stop it because it was bedtime. And instead of her being like, Oh, dad, thank you so much that you let me watch a lot of this movie. It's like, I don't want to go to bed. Um, and I get that. Totally get that. So I'm trying to figure out how do you cultivate thankfulness of saying you should be thankful because we did let you watch a lot of the movie without it being forced. You must be thankful. Right. Tell me, thank you right now. Um, and some of that is practice that as we do the practice, oh, yeah, like my dad did allow me to watch cars and he watched it with me. As we start to think about those things and we do the work of giving thanks, a lot of times the emotions do come later. It's not an immediate thing, but the practice leads to this, this posture of worship. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. you'll feel grateful and you can give thanks, and sometimes you might not, but you do it anyways, like a lot of spiritual disciplines, to kind of get the heart recalibrated the way it should. That's something that's really needed uh, in all of us, not just three-year-olds. Um, I'm thinking about what we're all dealing with in this year that has been so disruptive. And we've been handed a lot of things that we didn't want or think about or plan for. And when I, I think about the difficulty we have in applying scripture of being thankful in all circumstances, I, I feel like that could be one of the most difficult scriptural directives to follow because either we get bitter because we have to be thankful for things we don't want, or we just deny that life is painful, and that's not helpful either. Um, but you offer a different way of thinking about this. Um, which you call gritty gratitude, which I love that phrase. Um, but you talk about how there's a way to cultivate this heart of gratitude, even when things are not going well. And I, I feel like that's something we need to learn how to do, because otherwise, we're very much stuck in that grunting, grumbling phase like your three-year-old. And so could you talk a little bit about that gritty gratitude idea? Yeah, and I think it's the question since the book came out a couple of weeks ago that I've been getting the most. Um, it's the question of, so are you saying that we just have to be positive And even if we don't like so much of the stuff in our life, we just choose to accept it or we say, thank you. And so what I'm trying to change our perspective on, and again, part of this is the church's fault. I think one reason is we talked about thanks only in terms of like good gifts. So sometimes we use the language of praise is for who God is and thanks is for what God does. But then when you read the Bible, including the Psalms or Paul, they see those two as the same, that when you're giving thanks, you're praising God. And you can thank him for really good things, um, like the job you have. And you can give him thanks in hard times because it's not about the gifts, it's about the God who's in control of all things. And so even in those hard circumstances, the, the gritty gratitude comes by looking at who God still is. So even in a trial, what are the promises of God that I can still bank on? Even if I don't like this, even if I don't want this, I can still know that he is still good. He is still in control. A couple nights ago, I was reading Exodus 2, and it talks about 
Israel when they're still in slavery, um, their groans come up to God. So their cries, their prayers. And it says that God hears, he remembers, he sees, and he knows. And all of those are reminders of who God is. So I can give him thanks for those things, um, even if I can't give him thanks for the the trial itself. Because I don't think, you know, when it talks about in Ephesians, give thanks in all circumstances. It's not saying you have to be thankful for something hard. Right now, a couple of weeks ago, my dad found out that he has blood cancer. And so we're, we're working through that. I'm actually going to get tested next week to see if I can help provide blood or a bone marrow transplant. And so I don't give thanks that he's going through this or even that there's sickness. Um, I actually lament those things. And I tell God, this is hard. This is not the way it was meant to be. And yet, even in this, I can thank him, one, that we found it, two, that there's medical care. And so there, there are gifts, but then more, I can thank him that he knew this would happen, that he has good plans. This is his plan A, not his plan B, that he will walk with us through this. And so those are the areas of where you have to develop it. That's not natural. We tend to think this isn't good. I don't want this. And so the gritty part is that you work through this and yes, you lament. And at the same time, you give thanks for who God is and his plan for you. So lament and gratitude are not at at odds. They they work together in conjunction in that way. That's right. That's, That's right. And you see this a lot in the Psalms, and it's one of the most interesting things, like Psalm 28, Psalm 35. Um, David will go back and forth in the same breath. He'll lament that his enemy, that his enemies are attacking him. And Psalm 35, 17, it's one of those how long, O Lord, verses. And then the very next verse, verse 18, he says, but I will thank you in the great congregation. And so he's, and this is what we do as believers. We have this tension in our heart where we're lamenting the trial and the pain, and yet we're holding on to hope. We're saying, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to thank you for who you are, even if I can't thank you for what you're taking me through, because we trust him. That's ultimately what lament is. It's Rather than grumbling about God, it's bringing our groans to Him because we trust Him. I think one of the underrated processes of maturing, or at least for me, was the recognition that your heart can hold multiple things at one time. Mm. And mm-hmm. I know in my own spiritual life, I've always had this kind of dichotomy, like you you, you can have one spiritual fruit of the spirit at a time. Like you can be joyful (laughs) right now, or you can be at peace. You can (laughs) lament, or you can be thankful. So just pick the emotion that you want for this moment. And that's the (laughs) one you have in your heart. And, And one of the things I have been trying to learn and to teach my kids is that we are God has created us to be multifaceted, multilayered beings in his image. And you should not be surprised that your heart holds a multitude of things at the same time. And it's not that these things um, take up all the space inside of you um, or even in your practice that, as you said, Dustin, there is lament and thanksgiving together and even peace in there. And who knows, maybe throw in joy for good measure. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Like you said, the the tensions we live in, and that's the Christian life where we are sorrowful and yet always rejoicing. 
we have one foot in this world and one foot in another. And so we live in a broken, fallen world. And yet we have hope of joy to come. And that is the challenge of the Christian life, where you're always living in these different kingdoms, different worlds, different um, areas that you do hold in tension. Well, Dustin, from uh, one grumbler to the other, I want to thank you for joining us on Persuasion to talk about all this, because I think, especially in this season and in this year, I think this is something that so many of our friends are going to appreciate and and feel that a little bit of a sense of directive on how it is to move forward in this way. So we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. Yeah, thank you. It's an important conversation, so thanks for having it. Well, I'll make sure to post all of the details about uh, your book and how people can follow you, follow you in the show notes, and that way people can engage with you a little bit more. But that's going to do it for this episode of Persuasion. And uh, Hannah, what else do you have for our listeners? Well, we do want to say thank you, like legitimately. Thank you for listening along. Um, We are aware um, that persuasion would not exist without listeners. And we are grateful for um, the part you play and keeping these conversations going. Um, We also like it when listeners uh, join the conversation. And you can do that um, on Twitter or in the Christ and Pop Culture Members Forum. We are on Twitter at Persuasion CAPC. And if you are a member of the Christ and Pop Culture Members Forum, you can find us um, there. And we talk about all kinds of things, including uh, the conversations that we have on Persuasion. If you're not a member, you can become a member for just $5 a month and support um, this work as well as all the other things that Christ and Pop Culture offers. We are also thankful to LifeWay for the Christian Standard Bible support for this conversation. And we're also thankful for Jonathan Clausen. He is our producer for Persuasion and all the other podcasts in the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. You can give them a listen at ChristandPopCulture.com or just go to iTunes and search for Christ and Pop Culture and all of those shows will pop up for you there. We do appreciate you and thank you for listening to Persuasion and we will catch you next time. You have been listening to Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson, an official production of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Please rate and review the show in iTunes and check out our other shows at ChristandPopCulture.com slash network. Theme music by Maiden Name. This episode was brought to you in part by The Table Podcast at Dallas Theological Seminary. Listen to rotating hosts discuss issues of God and culture to demonstrate theology's relevance in everyday life. Find it on your podcast app. For videos and more, visit dts.edu podcast.